Women's Health Melbourne is a boutique, specialist fertility and women's health practice, caring for women at all life stages. We're proud to provide world-class holistic medical care, including IVF and a range of other fertility treatments. We provide our patients with every opportunity to achieve their goals. Our two Melbourne locations are in Fitzroy and our new state-of-the-art Caulfield practice. Reach us at womenshealthmelbourne.com.au and you can follow both Women's Health Melbourne and Dr Radia Lou on the socials. Welcome to Knocked Up, the podcast with Dr Radia Lou from Women's Health Melbourne. Hi Radia. Hi, how are you going? Good, thank you. Now today we've had a request for this episode. It's about natural killer cells. I have to say, I don't know what that is. Natural killer cells, it's quite a sexy name, but the cells uh, are not uh, anything dramatic. They're, they're nothing terrible and we all have them. And what they are is they're one cell type of our immune system. They're actually quite an ancient cell type from the innate immune system, uh, which is a, an immune system that doesn't necessarily gain any learning um, or adaptation like the adaptive part of our immune system does. So many people will um, have been vaccinated, for example, and that's to educate the adaptive part of our immune system um, so that it can have memory about a particular what we call antigen or protein that's associated with an illness. But the innate immune system is uh, it's kind of on an autopilot and it's a very ancient form um, of immune cell. So the natural killer cell is the kind of cells that exist in our body and they do lots of different things. Uh, they scour our body and, and get rid of early cancer cells, for example. And they're very important in the uterus uh, as part of the process of implantation of an embryo and the formation of a pregnancy. If we go back to what you said, just about innate cells, so I guess to explain that we've got two different types of cells, cells that have just come from generation by generation by generation that don't change and then those that do adapt to what we have to deal with day to day, yeah? Yeah, so we've got one part of our immune system that has a set job and uh, the cells of that part of the immune system do that job and don't necessarily learn to do other jobs. Um, whereas we've got an adaptive part of our immune system of which the natural killer cell is separate, which is the part of our immune system that is adapting to our experience and exposure to different vaccines or viruses or bacterial infections and learning how to overcome those infections. In what context would natural killer cells be something like that relates to pregnancy? So natural killer cells are super important to pregnancy. If you take a mouse and knock out its natural killer cells, if this has been an experiment that's been done, the mouse is completely sterile. So, so you do need natural killer cells? Yeah, absolutely critical to implantation. Uh, and where natural killer cells have been studied in a research context is whether the levels in a woman's body, either in the peripheral blood or in the uterine lining, can be measured and interpreted in some way to indicate that a woman may or may not benefit from a treatment 
to improve her chance of getting pregnant. And often the kind of patients who we do assess occasionally with this test, although it is still what I would call experimental, are women who've had recurrent miscarriage, recurrent IVF implantation failure where they've had lots of embryo transfers and haven't gotten pregnant, or women who've had uh, potentially failure to get pregnant at all. So how, how do you test for them? So the best evidence for testing natural killer cells is testing actually in the peripheral blood um, rather than in the uterus, but you can check in the uterus. It's one of those tests that not everybody believes in, in my field, and there was a lot of hope initially with some research that was pointing that it might help us select a, a group of about 15% of the women who do undertake lots of treatment and still we can't put a finger on any reason why it's not working and, and to offer them some immune therapy. But we really uh, have lacked a lot of insight into what natural killer cells do in the normal population of women. There haven't been really big studies looking at natural killer cells in women who are fertile to, for comparison. Uh, the other important thing about natural killer cell levels is they probably fluctuate cycle to cycle in the same woman and also at different stages of the menstrual cycle. So one reading at a particular time may not be that easy to interpret. So this is something that can change all the, all the time, so you never know if, if the read is correct. And we also don't know for sure the impact of the natural killer cells. Yeah, so if a woman has a high reading, unless we do several tests and see that it's persistently high, we don't know necessarily how to interpret that as physicians. So we're really looking for evidence when doing the natural killer cell testing to see if a woman might benefit from immune therapy. And the widely used immune therapy is um, really non-specific immune suppression, usually with steroids. Okay, so it's immune, so immune suppression, so like when you get an, impl um, a, what's it called, a organ transfer? Yeah, so exactly. So that that's an example of immune suppression therapy for another reason, but there's lots of disease states where there's autoimmune disease where the body has reacted. Yeah, where the body attacks itself unfairly that, you know, kind of um, by mistake the immune system is, is hyperactive and, and really uh, that's what proponents of testing natural killer cells were really trying to assess whether women who have high levels of, of activated natural killer cells uh, either in their peripheral blood or in the lining of the uterus might be failing to get pregnant because of an overactive immune system. Okay, so I think that is something that we don't consider is that actually the foetus is a foreign body and sometimes, depending on what is happening within our immune system, our bodies might be trying to get rid of the foetus. Yeah, now the only chink in the armour of that argument, however, is that embryos and, and, and the foetus, they don't actually express um, complex immune antigens yet and that's for that very reason. I mean, every baby has only 50% shared DNA with the mother and if you have a donor egg maybe not even and yet we don't reject yes. the pregnancy so there are mechanisms very complex mechanisms that have evolved over millennia that have allowed us to tolerate a pregnancy and it's not just the immune system switching off it's actually active tolerance of a pregnancy and 
again, another kind of problem with just focusing on one cell type of the immune system is that no cell type of the immune system acts alone. The immune system is really vastly complex and there are lots of different cell types involved. So natural killer cells aren't bad. It's just that we're, we're using them in a test as a surrogate marker of perhaps identifying an overactive immune system in general. So it's something that you wouldn't even consider unless you were having trouble conceiving or reoccurring miscarriages? Yeah, it certainly has no place in a fertile population as a diagnostic test. We really don't know how to interpret that. Um, And as a general test for patients undertaking IVF where they haven't tried IVF before, I would never use it as part of a routine workup. Okay, so it's only when there's been symptoms after trying everything that you'd even think to test for it? You've got it exactly right. It's a test that we do when we've run out of other tests to do. <laughs> okay. So there's that, that's really quite far down the line. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, And it is quite an experimental test. Not everybody agrees um, that it's useful. Yeah. Uh, and um, there's ongoing research into it. It might be more applicable in this particular little subset of of fertility patients with recurrent miscarriage, recurrent implantation failure in the future once we know more about it. But at the moment, findings are quite non-specific and um, it's not clear whether it's a true indication of an immune problem. Okay. So when it comes to recurrent miscarriage, what, what are the reasons that that could be happening? There's lots of reasons that we know and there's also at least in 50% of women who have recurrent miscarriage, which is defined as three or more miscarriages, that at least 50% of women in that situation will be fully investigated, their partners will be fully investigated, all the right tests will be done and an answer won't be found. So it can be quite a frustrating situation. Um, but there can be all kinds of reasons. We could do a whole podcast on recurrent miscarriage. You know, there are anatomical concerns sometimes, uterine factors like a uterine septum or a fibroid in the wrong place. Um, There can be genetic issues that are carried by the parents, like a chromosomal rearrangement, a translocation or an inversion. There can be some autoimmune problems that we know about, like, for example, related to a syndrome called antiphospholipid syndrome where we make antibodies that cause blood clotting problems. Um, It's thought that some inherited blood clotting problems that are because of the genes we carry might be implicated. Uh, There's there's lots of different reasons and sometimes, as as I mentioned before, we don't find an answer. Yeah, so there's a a plethora of reasons why someone might be experiencing that and natural killer cells are really at the very end of the testing? Well, they're, they're not a reason. It's, yeah. it's just a test that we can do to try and clarify whether certain, what, what I would call empirical therapies, mm-hmm. the therapies that we try without a proven exact reason for using them, apart from an implied general feeling that the immune system might be overactive, those therapies, they're, they're certainly not proven to benefit Uh, a particular woman in a particular situation and we're just looking at the natural killer cells as a marker. Now, I've used immune therapies in patients where I've been kind of trying everything to help them and, you know, we get to that point and and, um, we want to really try anything. And um, I explain to patients if we do use those therapies that they are experimental, that they are 
um, proven they have some potential to do harm. They're not benign therapies. Like, for example, if you have a woman who's using uh, steroid therapy, they are at more risk of developing gestational diabetes. They're at a higher risk of certain fetal abnormalities, like having a cleft palate. So it's not completely benign and you can get all kinds of side effects from steroid. People can get depressed, they can get manic, you can get stretch marks, you can get fluid retention, you can have mood change. Um, there's all kinds, of, all kinds of side effects from these therapies. So it's not something just to try without a really good reason, but anecdotally I do have patients in my, in my practice who I have tried these things and it has worked. So there, there is probably a cohort of women who do benefit. The problem is we don't have a really reliable, repeatable, specific test that definitely points out this group of women from the whole greater group of recurrent miscarriage sufferers and... The natural killer cell test is a test that's not perfect, but it's a test that has uh, an, an experimental place in trying to identify the women whose steroid therapy might help. So whilst it might be something that people have heard of, it's really not something to worry about and it's highly unlikely to come into most people's journey on getting pregnant. Yeah, and another thing to mention is that while recurrent miscarriage is defined as three miscarriages in a row... There are particular things that are more concerning. So, for example, if women miscarry after a fetal heartbeat has been seen, that's a, that's a worse um, situation uh, than a miscarriage earlier on in that it's more unlikely that the, the, there was an error in the baby because most miscarriages are caused by an error in the baby, in, in the baby's DNA or in the structural um, kind of development of the baby as the cells divide and divide and go from being a sperm and an egg combining to, you know, kind of a, a baby that's got hundreds of thousands of cells. So babies do make mistakes and, you know, as we get older and as we're having babies later in life, the chance of having a genetic error goes up. So everybody's heard of Down syndrome, but Down syndrome is kind of the tip of the iceberg. You know, there's complex genetic errors that occur in embryos all the time even in young women, but much more frequently in women over 35, so that, you know, not every embryo can be a baby. And certainly for women over 40, uh, you know, there's a very high chance of having a miscarriage because of the baby making mistakes. So it's really hard to deal with, but, um, you know, one, one way that we can try and deal with recurrent miscarriages by doing genetic testing of embryos. And for that, we require IVF, but certainly we can take that embryonic aneuploidy or embryos with the wrong chromosome number factor out of the equation with genetic testing of embryos. And particularly for women who are a little bit older, that can solve the issue of recurrent miscarriage. Thank you.